Welcome, folks, to another episode of the Painting Pictures Podcast. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'm coming to you from Craftsbury, Vermont. Glad to be here. My stoke is high, folks. My stoke on this podcast is, is as strong as ever. Um, I'm fully dedicated. Well, I'm not fully dedicated to it, but I'm committed to it. It's not going away. I know every time there's a little little lull, those questions start coming. You know, in your mind, in my mind, those are about the only places they, they take place. And it's like, is that the end? Was that it? Is painting pictures over? I'm here today to tell you that it's not. <clears throat> and to really, like, fully demonstrate that it's not over, I am putting out this podcast. And you're listening to it. So we're, we're sharing this experience again. It's like it's all, it's all brand new again. And there could be a steady stream of podcasts from now until eternity. Probably not, but I am going to endeavor to keep them going over the next few months. Boy, it's been whew, just all over the place. Uh, finished work, which is great. And now I can just dive right into, um, you know, back to the, the self-doubt of, of the uh, self-employed artist or whatever. It's very familiar territory for me. Don't have anywhere I have to get up and go to. I'm house sitting right now, and so I get to just spend the day, um, you know, trying to stay motivated and choose the next best activity. And the next best activity today was a little bit of yoga. Finally did it. It's like I walk around carrying all of this tension, and I'm all stressed out about all these things I want to do, and. I don't want to take the 30 or 40 minutes to to do some yoga to make my body feel great. It's like no, I don't I don't want to do that. It's like now that I don't have to get up and do, go go to work, I don't want to do anything good for my body. I don't want to do yoga. I want to smoke cigarettes. I want to stay up late and watch football. I'm I'm like a little child. And when am I going to figure out that um you know, what's good for me is actually what I enjoy and what I want to do. I don't know when those are going to match up, but for now it's still this very deep conflict. The conflict is very deep. Anyway, I finally took the time to practice yoga. I returned to my practice. I checked in with my body. I set my intention for the practice which was for my penis to get larger. And then I did this like nice 30-minute vinyas, just a, just a little vinyas flow yoga sesh. And it went great, and I felt phenomenal. And I realized that I was tired. Like, you get through the yoga, and then you're sort of in tune with your body again. And, and, and I realized, oh, I'm, I'm kind of tired. But that's okay. Um, I only have to stay up another 35 minutes and then Thursday night football starts. And so then I can just stay up for another three hours watching football and rooting for Russell Wilson, who I don't like because he's on my fantasy team that has already gotten kicked out. Of, it's out of the playoffs, but I still want to put up big numbers just to show everybody that my team's really the best. 
I might not stay up to watch the whole game. I may, you know, take another step in my evolution as a human being. A small step was practicing yoga, and the next step might be going to sleep instead of watching a stupid NFL football game. But we'll see. We shall see. Just a couple of uh, quick announcements. I've got some podcasts with Miles Roberts coming up. We've got two of them in the books. He was here visiting, and we ripped off a couple. A really bad one when we were really high that you may rehear snippets of at some point. Probably not. A really good one that's really funny, and then a, like a pretty good one that I think I'll put out there. Uh, today's podcast... So I'm really excited about that, by the way, because he's really smart, and he's my brother. And he brought his microphone, so we got some quality sound, some high-quality sound. Today's podcast is brought to you by Cats. And this holiday season, Cats want to remind you to refill your contact lens prescription. Because when you wear glasses... It's really hard for us to claw out your eyes. So thanks to Katz for sponsoring this episode of the Painting Pictures Podcast. Um, Happy holidays, everybody. I'll be in Mexico in January and February in the Yucatan. So if you're headed that way, hit a brother up. The website for the podcast, GabeRobertsArt.com. And the email, uh, GabeRobertsArt at gmail.com. Today's podcast is a little solo uh, hodgepodge. Um, it'll be followed up by some of those episodes with Miles. But for now, just sit back and enjoy me. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I've been house-sitting again. This time all by myself. Uh, it's a good thing it's a small house because there's only me to sit on it. <laughs> it's a good. It's a small house, so I can my ass can cover the whole thing when I sit on it. No, but really, <laughs> um, house sitting again and not sitting on the house because it's cold up there and covered in snow. Uh, the main duties and probably the reason why I am house-sitting, um, why this house is being sat on, is because there are two, two pets, two animal residents in the house. <clears throat> their names are... Well, I won't, I won't reveal their names for sake of privacy. Well, I will. Um, one of them is named Bunny, and it's a bunny. <laughs> She's a bunny. I'm not sure. I think it's a girl bunny. I don't know how you can tell. I don't know what a bunny penis looks like or a bunny vagina, <laughs> but it's um, it's a bunny. It's a fluffy bunny. It's a real fluffy bunny, and she um, she poops all over the place. So um, she has a little crate. Uh, presumably, I could put her in the cage and close the door and then she'd only be able to poop in there but I you know it seems cruel to just leave her in there all the time so then I could let her out presumably um but then she's gonna run around the house and pee and poop everywhere and I have to basically be on watch to vacuum up the poop or sweep up the poop and 
and blot, mop up the pee. And so this seemed a little bit overwhelming to me when I first moved in. So within the first couple hours, I relocated Miss Bunny out to the porch. It was a nice, nice glassed-in porch. Um, screened-in porch? You know, it's a porch. It's a closed-in porch. It's glassed and screened-in. And it stays warm enough. <clears throat> My favorite thing about Bunny is her fur. Boy, does she have a... A beautiful fur coat, and uh, when she hunkers down, she poofs it out. It's amazing. She she gets down and then just turns into this beautiful little fur ball, and uh, I think it keeps her nice and warm. So I think she's all right out on the porch, even though it's a little colder out there than in the house. So to potty train your bunny, I looked this up online. What you want to do is. Uh, have your bunny in a small-ish area that's, like, closed off, a small part of the house, with a litter box. And hang out with your bunny, and as soon as you see them starting to poop or pee, pick them up and set them in the litter box and praise them. Say, good bunny, good bunny, good bunny. Apparently, bunnies do not respond to uh, scolding. That's just not how they're built. That's not how they operate. Um, I'm much the same way myself. I, I really don't take well to being reprimanded. I only respond to praise. So that's, you know, a little word to the wise. Trying to deal with me, trying to get me to do something or not do something. It's not going to work to scold me. Um, it's just, I'm just going to get more frightened and I'm going to hop away from you. So instead, you need to just praise me when I poop in my box. (laughs) So this is a very, I mean, this is, uh, we're talking a full-time job here. You sit with your bunny all day long. First of all, this bunny will not let me pick her up. Um, I've been there for a few days, and she's just gotten used to me enough where I can touch her. When I bring her little greens to nibble on, I can pet her. And that was a big step. Um, before, when I'd go to pet her, she'd go, she makes this funny little, like, sound, and hops away under the futon to hide from me. Uh, so, um, potty training, you know, would require me being able to pick her up, which, um, she doesn't do. I, I did, I do let her into the house in the evenings, um, to play a little bit while I can observe her and, and pick up her poop and make sure that she doesn't chew through any cords. Like my Apple power cord. Because she would. There's already a number of cords in the house I've seen that she's chewed through. So I know she'd do it. In a heartbeat. If she could get her her mouth around that sweet, juicy, white cord. Oh boy. I think she would like nothing more. Than to nibble right through that sweet little white apple cord. Get into that nice, juicy power cord in the middle. Mmm. Yeah. So I let her in, and um, the other night I I saw her. She was in the kitchen. She was nearby her box um, with a bunch of pellets in it where she is supposed to poop. But she doesn't know that she's... How, how does she know that she's supposed to poop there? You know? <laughs> she doesn't. She has no idea. Um, and I saw her pooping... 
And so I grabbed her and picked her up and I set her in the box. Now she immediately started trying to hop away. And I was like determined. It felt like my only chance to uh, to do this. So I kind of like held her, held on to her, while she like hopped in place and scraped and threw a bunch of the pellets out from the box. And I said, I was holding her there, saying, "Good bunny, good bunny, good bunny," trying to praise her. "Good bunny, good bunny." And meanwhile, she's like frantically pawing at the pellets. And so I finally. I, for like two seconds I let her go and she hops away and, and so there we've taken five steps back because now she's frightened of me she's frightened of the box anyway the potty train is just not going to happen so I'm just going to leave her on the porch because it's uh, you know at least it's got a concrete floor and she's not peeing and pooping all over the carpet and out there there's a couple of um, a couple of litter boxes for her and uh, and she seems intent on on pooping. Um, she she poops a lot. She I mean, like she seems to poop more than she eats. I, I gotta. I guess I should be keep an eye on her weight. She doesn't seem to eat all that much, and yet she poops a ton. Um, I guess the the pellets of her food are like super dense, and her poops are not that dense. I don't know. I haven't squished one of her little pellets between my fingers yet to check the density. <laughs> But they are, they're little pellets, and so I sweep them up. She poops everywhere but in her box. That's, that's the main, that's the main point. It's like, it's like she's just avoiding the boxes. And the pellets. Hasn't once pooped or peed in the box. Doesn't go in the box. So, I don't know, I don't know what to do, folks. Do I put food in the box so she hangs out in there? And poops on her own food? Um, I just, um... I don't know. I, I don't know what I would do if this were my bunny. Um, I guess I would just keep her out on the porch. It seems like a lot of work. Seems like that's that's basically it. Seems like a lot of work to potty train a rabbit, and kind of a weird thing. But they're, you know, they have their charm. Like I said, she's got a beautiful fur coat. Um, what else? She makes poop, which I guess could fertilize your garden, sort of. I don't know. What else do bunnies do for you? I, I don't know. I, that's, um, you know, that's why I don't have a bunny, I guess. Because I, I don't see the... I mean, when they're baby bunnies, they're fucking super cute. And she's, you know, this bunny's kind of cute. But she's also kind of ferocious. Like, she kind of attacks me sometimes when I try to brush her. Um... Anyway, that's the situation. Um, house-sitting. And, and then the other animal is a cat. An overly affectionate, haggard old cat who uh, just oozes need, desperation. Um, it's it's immediately repulsive, you know. Um, it's like a, <laughs> you know, nobody likes that. Nobody likes neediness. Not in animals. Not in suitors. oozes need, and so I have to check myself and be gentle with him, and and not get frustrated with how incredibly needy he is, and pathetic. Such a pathetic creature, this cat. Um, Whenever I sit down or lie down, he is right there, and he looks at me with forlorn eyes and tries to hop up on me, and if I let him hop up on my lap, then he wants to push it even further, and he wants to come up closer to me, and all the while he's looking at me with, like, a furrowed brow and wide eyes that's, like, saying, 
can I snuggle closer with you? Will you let me snuggle closer? And he'll walk his little paws up my chest and, and he'll put them around my neck and he's purring really hard and he'll just try to rub like if this cat had his way he would be wrapped around my neck and he would be I would have like my jacket or scarf wrapped around him and he would be rubbing his little face against my face 24-7 that would be his his dream and so naturally I think it's a very natural impulse to just respond with respond with uh, harshness and, and say get the fuck off of me you pathetic creature but I don't uh, I'm, I'm, I just like gently set barriers where I like I let them come up on my lap but I like put my hand up and say no you can't come up and give me a hug right now because I'm like I think I'm slightly allergic to cats I'm not that into like their face and their fur and their whiskers all up in my business and then on the bed he wants to come up and sleep you know on my pillow next to me um, and so I just gently, you know, nudge him down further. It's, you know, you can't come up this high, cat. So I'm dealing. Dealing with these animals. And it just makes me realize that, like, having pets is, is incredibly time-consuming. Um, after having the house sat with a pony and a donkey and now a, a bunny and a cat, um, it's, it's like, uh, it's just a lot of work. And I, I think people get into it they don't really realize what they're getting into and you know it's nice to have company but uh, it's not worth it in most cases you gotta have a good situation you gotta have like a big piece of land and, and you gotta have a lot of people you know kids and stuff that like to play with and care for the pets because with one person it's gonna take up a whole bunch of your time just caring for these animals and they don't, you know, do the, do the animals really want to be dependent on a human? I don't think so. I mean, like, ultimately, if they were, like, could do it all over again, you know, if they could step back and look at their lives from above with intelligence and consciousness, I don't think they would choose to be dependent on a human. It's kind of a weird situation. But that's what it is, and uh, I'm going to do my darndest to keep both... Um, kitty and bunny alive until their owner returns. These are the things that bother me. These are the things that bother me. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they shouldn't. But these are the things. These are the things that bother me. Here's something that bothers me, and maybe it shouldn't, but it definitely should. Mixed greens, we all buy them, you know, young, tender, leafy, organic greens, little bits of lettuce and arugula. You buy them, sometimes they cost you as much as $5 for a bag. They're really good when you eat them in a salad right away, but then you put them back in the fridge, and the next day you take them out, and definitely then the next day you take them out, you might encounter a little bit of sliminess. Some of the greens start to go bad. And which greens start to go bad? The red ones. 
It's always the red ones. When are they going to figure out that it's the fucking red ones that always go bad first? This has been going on ever since I can remember mixed greens, and, and, and distinctly in my mind, it's been at least five or six years, that the first greens in the bag that always go bad every single time it's never the leafy green ones it's the dark red ones those ones go bad take those out of the mix how has nobody thought of this yet take those out of the mix and your greens will last twice as long but no they put them in there every time and every time you buy fucking greens unless you make a big salad with a dinner party that night you're dealing with some of them going slimy and everyone thinks to themselves oh man the greens are going bad I I should have gotten to them earlier. You know, we blame ourselves. Ah, oh, you know, I just, I need to eat more vegetables. I need to be a better cook. You know, I need to cook more. If I had just made myself a breakfast salad instead of buying a breakfast sandwich at the deli, you know, I would have eaten those greens before they started to go bad. No, it's not your fault. It's the fucking red greens in the mix that always go fucking bad. And if they take those fucking red greens out, you'd have a salad mix that lasts for more than three days. I don't know how this this hasn't... Doesn't everybody realize that? Doesn't everybody know it's the goddamn red-greens that go bad first? (sighs) That's what I want to see is a a salad mix with no red-greens that I can keep in my refrigerator for three days, four days, without them going slimy and bad. By the way, I used to work at a cafe and we would get the mixed greens and the same thing would happen we'd put them all in the, in the little container in the deli and they'd start going slimy in two days and it'd be the little fucking red ones and so then I'd be there because our the boss was oh so um, adamant about not wasting food that you couldn't never toss those greens out so instead you'd, I'd spend an hour picking through them and tossing out the red ones all the slimy bits so that I could serve somebody a salad and I remember my uh, co-worker seeing me do that one time and being like, what are you doing? And I'm saying, he said, I'm picking out all the red greens that have gone bad. And he's like, oh, I just put a lot of extra dressing on it. <laughs> These are the things that bother me. These are the things that bother me. Maybe they shouldn't. Watching, I'm watching Bridget Jones's diary for the first time ever, if you can believe that. And her character is something of a mess. It's a very common character in movies. The woman who's a wreck, and she's single, and she drinks wine, and she can't cook. And she has her friends over to celebrate her birthday, which is a little strange just in that like that she's hosting her friends and cooking for them on her birthday. But that aside, she tries to cook and and she's a complete failure. She uses blue string to tie up something. You know, it's that scene of of somebody pulling out a cookbook and like trying some recipe and then it it goes wrong. Of course it goes wrong. 
trying something way above your cooking level. <laughs> it's, it's not going to turn out well. But anyway, they just toasted to Bridget and said they love her just the way she is. And at this point, she and Colin Firth are falling in love, which is great. I like Colin Firth, and I like um, Renee Zellweger, despite myself. And I like Colin Firth more. But he looks at her with, like, dreamy eyes as they toast. And he likes her just the way she is, which is sweet. But I wonder, could you really, truly fall in in love with somebody that cannot cook at all? Like, just cannot, cannot cook. Now, maybe I'm taking this a little far. I haven't seen the rest of Bridget Jones's abilities, but I'm just imagining somebody that um, just can't cook. I guess there's some people out there that have never been taught to cook. And I guess you could fall in love with them. But you'd have to take them to a cooking class straight away. Don't you think? Isn't cooking a fundamental part of life? How could you live a life without cooking and love somebody that doesn't know how to cook? I don't know, I feel harsh against people that can't cook, but I just have a, I have a hard time believing that Colin Firth could really fall totally in love. I mean, I guess he's, you know, you're falling in love with a person, not what they can do. That's true. I can cook. Um, but I can also forget things in the oven, and I just did that. I forgot some sweet potatoes in the oven, and I smelled them upstairs while I was watching Bridget Jones's diary, and I yelled out, fuck, <laughs> and I ran down the stairs post-haste, and fortunately there was no smoke, and I opened the oven, and there was no smoke, so, you know, it wasn't too bad. I, I pulled the tray of sweet potatoes out, and... One of them had, like, exploded, sort of, and was there was a big glob of charred ooze on the side of the tray. And so I immediately started thinking about how I kind of ruined this baking dish. And so I took the sweet potatoes out, and I wanted to soak, get, get that gum off of the, of the dish as quickly as possible. And so I um, got all the sweet potatoes out, including the exploded one. And I uh, I poured water into the dish, and it exploded. The dish cracked in spectacular, noisy fashion. And fortunately, it didn't send any shards of glass into my eye, but completely disintegrated on the oven top. So here I am saying, uh, <clears throat> I could never fall in love with somebody that couldn't cook at all. I guess I should uh, look at myself and see that I, I, I'm not perfect either. But I can, I can cook. <laughs> I can cook. I just, I learned a valuable lesson today, and that's that glass cannot change temperatures too fast, or it cracks. Um, I've always thought, you know, it's been in my vaguely in my mind. Like, I had some awareness of that. And so this was this was the lesson that hopefully really drove it home. That, and put, a, put on a timer. When you put something in the oven, put it on a timer. I mean, really, folks. Yeah, I know you think that you're smart and you're going to remember it, but 
Sometimes you don't. And then that's how you burn, you know, you burn your house down, you suffocate your pets, uh, you know, who knows, but all bad things come from that, or you burn your cookies, burn your cookies, or you burn your sweet potatoes. Fortunately, I have more sweet potatoes, um, and I just have to go get a, a new Pyrex, uh, dish. <clears throat> just saw an advertisement for Apple with uh, some strange Frankenstein-like character sitting in his little hovel recording on his smartphone. He's recording the sound of his music box, doing a little holiday jingle. And then he stops the recording and he walks out of his little hovel down some street and into modern day somewhere where a bunch of holiday folks are gathered around the Christmas tree. And he walks and the crowd parts and there's hushed, you know, talk. And everybody's obviously a little scared of this freak that's coming out of the darkness and he gets up and he turns on two little lights on either side of his face, a green one and a red one. And he plays the voice recording on his iPhone that sounds like the music box and starts to sing a song. And he falters, but a little girl with a British accent helps him along. And everybody comes together and starts singing. <laughs> Isn't that nice? I just have a few questions. Uh, who the fuck is this guy? Is this supposed to be some characters from a fairy tale that, that we're supposed to know about? And why does he have an iPhone? Um, and then my other question is, why didn't he bring his music box down to the Christmas tree? The iPhone doesn't have, like, a massive speaker built into it. Presumably the music box would be just as good. But, you know, I guess he just wanted to play with his new toy... He wanted to just, you know, add a layer of technology. Um, maybe he thought that the music box wouldn't look professional up there. And everybody would laugh at him and they wouldn't even give him the time of day. Uh, so he thought if he comes with a, uh, with a phone, everyone's going to say, all right, this guy may be a weirdo that lives in a hovel that we're all scared of, but he has a phone. So let's listen up. I woke up this morning at 9 o'clock a.m. Woo, boy. That is the latest I have slept in in quite some time. Quite some time. And it, it, it contrasted strongly, strikingly, with yesterday morning when I woke up at 6.45 a.m. The difference, folks... Well, the day before yesterday, I had a long nap in the afternoon, and then I went to bed at about 9.30, whereas yesterday, I did not have a nap. I went to bed at 11 p.m. So, you know, you do the math. But then the difference in the morning, 
Yesterday morning I woke up and I went downstairs and I did yoga. <laughs> didn't have coffee. Well, I did have coffee later, but like I didn't I didn't start with coffee. Didn't start with sitting down and browsing shit on my computer. Uh I just started with some yogs, which felt great. But this morning I was like, yeah, right. That is the last fucking thing I feel like doing right now. I'm groggy. I slept in. I'm just going to walk down the street and buy a cup of coffee. <clears throat> and come back and eat my leftover pancakes. And that's what I did. So isn't that amazing? The difference in an hour and a half bedtime. And, uh, you know, the next morning is, is drastically, drastically different. The difference between... Some nice yogs, some calm, calm, uh, invigorating, enlivening, enriching yoga. Which really, you know, I like to say that everything is everything, you know, and there's no, no thing that's better than another thing, but it's pretty clear to me from where I sit on the couch currently that that's the best way to start your day. I mean, and that's a better way to start your day than just groggily stumbling down the street to buy some coffee. So, maybe I'll get to bed earlier tonight. I have been doing yoga, though, at home. And I've been enjoying that. The best thing about doing yoga at home, besides that it's free, is that you can fart whenever you want. You can just let it rip when you go into those poses that that cause you to fart. You don't have to hold it in. I mean, the number of farts one has to hold in in yoga class almost negates the health benefit of an hour yoga class, I feel like. I mean, you do an hour of yoga, sure, it's really good for you. But say you have to hold in three farts, that's not good for you at all. Uh, net result being, I don't know, positive, negative, you know, about even, maybe. Whereas you do it at home, and you can just let them rip. And, and it's also free. I've, I've been doing, I'll, I'll do a little plug here, Yoga Upload, or Yoga Uploads, which is just a hilarious name for a YouTube channel. Like, yeah, we get it, you upload these videos about yoga. But um, she's really good, really good instructor, really nice little classes. God bless her heart for putting all of this content up on YouTube for free. She does have a donate button, but uh, I sure am not donating to her. Not this time of year when I'm not working and I'm just uh, trying to, to go to Mexico and come back. Uh, I ain't donating to nobody. <laughs> Uh, just t I'll just take those free yoga classes. Thanks, Yoga Upload. There are some things, though, that she can do, this yoga teacher, that I am so, so far from being able to do. I mean, like, it, it, like it's like I'm a different, uh, just a different species altogether. She does these things with her knees bent and feet out and lays all the way back under her back and, and I can't even I can't even tilt my body back a freaking degree. I'm just like kind of tense and trembling, uh hunched over, trying to keep from 
pulling something in my knee or my hip. Um, I, it's the, the distance. You know, I, I, I've known that I'm not a flex. I am not a flexible guy. I, I know that. But the, the gap here between what this woman is capable of and what I'm capable of is astounding. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. And I, I mean, maybe I'll get there. Shit. I, I better do some fucking yoga every day. <laughs> what the fuck? How, how has this happened? Where I'd, I would, you know, I'd basically have to, like, dedicate a large portion of my life to increasing my flexibility if I want to get there. But, damn it, I want to get there. I don't want to sign off on my ability to do things, like, as a body. I'm not ready to get there. I'm not ready to be there yet. I guess at some point in your life, theoretically, you're supposed to start just letting go of what you're capable of. Well, I can't go up the stairs anymore. Guess I'll just shit on the floor. <laughs> Uh, maybe there'd be a downstairs bathroom, or no, I I uh, I can't drive anymore because I can't put work the pedals because my f- feet are falling off or whatever happens when you get old. You know, you gradually relinquish um, things, activities that you normally can do, but I. I'm 30 years old. I'm not ready to do that yet. I sh- I should be able to, you know, do a backbend or, or whatever. I'm I'm not asking to do the splits, but I'm I just I want to narrow that gap a little bit so it doesn't look like um, I'm like a different race of human compared to this woman. Oh boy, it was kind of it's kind of disturbing, really. It's kind of disturbing. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe. Maybe we'll get there. Um, that's about it for this podcast, folks. I, I, I didn't I didn't start off this segment by saying this is the end, but this is the end. Here we are, just a little just a little solo flyer, you know, just to get it out there. Uh, thanks for listening. I want to tell you that I've got some paintings for sale. That's right. It's that time of year again where I come calling. Like, come calling, come on, people, buy some, buy some paintings. I know you want to. I know you want to. I know you want some really cool original art in your home. Uh, of course, make great gifts, but they're kind of extravagant gifts. Like the cheapest one is one hundred and fifty dollars. So I don't, you know, who who do you spend one hundred and fifty dollars on for Christmas? But maybe you do. But get it for yourself. Do it for yourself. Do it for your home. Good for your house. Um, these are guaranteed, folks. These are 100% guaranteed to uh, enrich your life for at least 10 years. I mean, theoretically, you could get sick of it at that point. And if you do, uh, I won't give you your money back, but I will um, I will give you the opportunity to buy a, a different piece of art. <laughs> and it'll be even better. So hopefully I'll still be doing this in 10 years. Be doing backbends and painting pictures. Uh, but go to the website, GabeRobertsArt.com, and uh, I've got a post on the blog called Paintings for Sale. Check it out, or just go to the art page, and, and any of those paintings, um, most of those paintings are available, and, and send me an email. Tell me which one you want. I'll put it in a frame if it isn't already, and I'll ship it. I'll ship it to you. 
for free. The framing and the shipping is free. Gabe Roberts Art at gmail.com is the, um, you know, you know what that is. It's obvious. I don't even have to say it. It's the email address. That's right. Well, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope that you have a happy holiday. Really do. Merry Christmas. Um, you know, listen to some, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave you with a, a, a few seconds of the most badass classical music uh, that I've ever heard. And I've heard it long ago. It stirs deep, deep memories in me. This is from Handel's Messiah. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I'm just going to play a few seconds of it, um, and I'm going to comment on it so that I don't get sued. And, uh, you know, I just want to talk about um, the freaking violins in this, in this track. Just listen to the violins that go up and down in this kind of a frenzy. Oh, it builds, it builds into this frenzy, but it's not some shit classical music frenzy. It's just totally overwhelming and has drums banging and, uh, it's, you know, crap and, and stupid. And like, you're like, oh, I guess this is good because it's so complex. No, this is like, it's uh it goes to a frenzy that just stirs you deep in your fucking soul baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I uh I love this song so much I spent 99 cents to buy it. This is um this is the I, I don't know what the track's called but it's like he shall be named and it's from Handel's Messiah and and my uh I'll I'll put a link in the podcast for the YouTube video. You can go and you can have spend two and a half hours of your Sunday listening to this music, and you, you will you will feel the Christmas spirit. It's this is what the Christmas spirit is all about, you know, cookies, snow coming together. But it's really it's about the uh, it's about Jesus Christ, baby, and that whole idea of this awesome Son of God and like. Oh, it's good. It's really good stuff. I really, I like the Christmas spirit. Um, and I really like this kind of Christmas music. And, um, you know, maybe if I sell a painting, I'll, I'll buy this whole album so that I can listen to it in Mexico. (laughs) But no, I think I'll stop. I think I'll save it. I think I'll stop listening to it after Christmas and save it for next Christmas. All right, here's a little bit of Handel's Messiah, and then go to the go to the website and and click on the YouTube YouTube link to to listen to this album for free. Uh, thanks thanks a lot for listening, folks. Until next time, adios. <laughs> <laughs>